You are listening to the Paul Rotundi Show on WRRN, the Rotundi Radio Network. Show the week in review. When the last guy was here, we were shipping jobs to China. Now we're bringing jobs home from China. When the last guy was here, when the last guy was here, your pensions were at risk. We helped save millions of pensions with your help. When the last guy was here, he looked at the world from Park Avenue. I look at it from Scranton, Pennsylvania. I look at it from Claymont, Delaware. Not a joke. Someone said, you know, uh, that Biden, he's getting old, man. I tell you what. Well, guess what? Guess what? I tell you know, the only thing that comes today is a little bit of wisdom. I've been doing this longer than anybody, and I guess what? I'm going to continue to do it with your help. Oh, dear God, I hope not. But you know what they also say about uh, wisdom? It's experience learned 10 minutes too freaking late. So let's debunk a few things that um, Herr Biden has uh, said in that clip there. Okay, first off, the whole moving jobs over to China? No. Donald Trump's tariffs were bringing jobs back from China. And the only reason why he was stopped in that initiative was because of a little thing called COVID, otherwise known as the Wu flu, the um, wet market wasting. Um, call it whatever you want. It still originated in a damn biolab in Wuhan, China, and at the direction of Dr. Anthony Fauci with the whole uh, donations from the NIH for gain-of-function research. Who did, who did they want to test it on? Americans. At whose direction? Democrats. Because they knew that the only way that they were going to dislodge President Trump from gaining another four years in office was to create a catastrophe, a world catastrophe, the likes of which humanity has never seen before. They unleashed a bioweapon on the world. They locked down travel in their own country and let people travel internationally. Why? Well, isn't it obvious? to spread the virus, to spread it to the entire Western world. Yeah, Um, I could really say a few things right now, and most of them being four-letter words to describe 2020. But I'm going to continue to pick apart Biden's little rant there. Um. (laughs) <laughs> hey, Trump you know, hey, Trump did not export jobs to China. The only reason why the economy came to a grinding halt was because they mandated it. They said, the only way we're going to stop the spread of this virus is to shut down the entire economy, lock everybody down, make people stay at home, cowering in fear. They can't even go food shopping can't go and get necessities and you're going to grind the economy to a standstill and that's how we're going to force the lockdowns that's how we're going to force mandating mail-in ballots 
and ballot harvesting. And that's why when Joe Biden famously said, we have the largest voter fraud operation in, in history. Yeah, it was a Freudian slip, but it was the only time during the entire campaign where he said something that was actually truthful. We watched it on Election Day 2020. We watched voting machines and vote tallies change before our eyes. And yet we were told, oh, don't pay attention to what you're seeing here. And, you know, don't believe your eyes. Believe what we're telling you. Yeah, I've stopped believing what anything the mainstream media tells me. Even Fox, because they've drank and they've drunk the Kool-Aid too. And when they came out and declared Arizona for for Biden before not even 10% of the votes were count, uh, counted, something was up. The fix was in. And, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> and we see where the last two and a half years have gotten us. Interest rates at almost hitting double digits. The Fed jacking interest rates up. Um, the prime interest rates are now, what, eight and three quarter percent, eight, eight, somewhere near eight, between eight and nine percent. Yeah, try... Try getting a mortgage now. If you can find a house, you know, most of the houses that are being um, listed are now being bought up by major corporations and taken off the market permanently as rentals. We see it every single day here in the Nashville um, metropolitan area. All of these townhouses and apartment complexes that are going up and you see them, folks, everywhere. I mean, he, even out by me in Lebanon. They're already bought. They're already being rented. But by whom? Individual investors or mega corporations like BlackRock for on behalf of foreign interests? They're trying to take the American dream away from average people like yourselves and myself who's buying all this stuff who i mean so is it china are are we now watching in addition to all our farmland being bought by chinese interests are we seeing the systematic elimination of affordable housing and not just rentals but home purchases, you know, when I was growing up, median house price was, what, 60000 70000 Now median house price is half a million dollars. Tell me what college student or 20-something, early 20-something, has a half a million or could have the, A, have the credit to be able to afford a $500,000 mortgage or who, who would, you know, after student loans have 100000 to put down on a house. No one, unless you're super rich. And then you don't care because either you're a trust fund baby or mommy and daddy will buy it for you as a gift. So really, is the American dream now only for the super elite and the super rich? I think not. And we need to change that. And the only way we're going to change that is, honestly, by re-electing President Trump. And there was a poll, a snap poll that disturbed everyone in the mainstream media this week that, and I'm sure you've all seen it, that if the election were held today, it's a dead heat. It's 47% for Biden, 47% for Trump. And that's with 
the foreign the four cases right now and indictments against President Trump. What does that say to President Biden's job performance? I'll tell you what it says. He's a laughing stock. He's so lost in his own mind that he can't see the reality that's right in front of his face. And neither can anybody in his orbit. Neither can anyone with a D at the end of their last name. Any elected representative right now that is a Democrat or claims to be a Democrat. Good luck in 24. Because if things keep going the way they're going, no Democrat on the planet is going to get elected to anything higher than dog catcher. And, you know, I know this is a horrible segue, but I do want to touch upon something that just came out um, this morning. And that is that Jill Biden tested positive for COVID for the second time. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. The vaccines don't work. They never worked. And that they were just a means of control. I'm not anti-vax because vaccines do have an important place in keeping people healthy, especially for childhood diseases like mumps, measles, rubella, smallpox, um, chickenpox, you know, all the, all the childhood diseases that we, what my generation grew up with. Yeah, chickenpox was kind of like a social thing. You know, one kid in the neighborhood got it, and the parents organized the party so that every single kid in the neighborhood got chicken pox at the same time, got it done, got it over with, end the story, end the paragraph, end the library. <clears throat> but now, you know, we're being told that the COVID vaccines are the end-all, beat-all means of eliminating this virus something that was manufactured, something that was designed to defeat viruses. I, I defeat antivi- you know, antivirus vaccines. There's a game out on um, Steam called Pandemic. No, I'm sorry, it's called Plague Inc., if you haven't if you haven't heard about it or you know if you know a gamer that has it take a look at it. It's it's a game that revolves around designing a bug whether it be bacteria, virus, parasite, whatever to take out the entire human race. Novel concept 6 or 7 years ago. Somehow I think somebody got a hold of it in in the in the NIH and in Fauci's office, and said, hey, this sounds like a great idea. Let's take fantasy and turn it into reality. With the obvious results. How many people died? How many people died the world over? You know, they used to have the clock every day showing a death count of how many people died from COVID, how many people were infected with COVID. That's exactly what the game has, too. Show number of infected, number of deceased. And the efforts from the World Health Organization to try to fight it. (laughs) So, oop, uh uh-oh, I better get vaccinated myself. (laughs) Um, And with that, we're going to take a station break. And when we get back, um, we're going to talk about another important topic. See you in a bit. It's not politics. 
It's politics on the Paul Rotundi Show on WRRN. back folks so in the previous segment i i hinted that we're going to take a look at this survey that was recently done washington dc ranked least desirable place to live in the country um as due to its high crime rate and cost of living the survey that was done from home bay a real estate education platform asked people about the most desirable place to live based on crime rates, affordable homes, and cost of living. Rural, 21%. Suburban, 24% residents agree that the District of Columbia is the most undesirable city, while urban residents rank at number four. And the survey sound also found that Seattle, Washington, here's a surprise, is the most desirable and most underrated place to live, except for the chop zone. <laughs> Nobody wants to live there. The most desirable places to live have a low crime rate, 46%, affordable homes, 43%, and low cost of living, 41%. More than one in three Americans agree that high crime, 41%, a high cost of living, 36%, expensive homes, 34%, and high taxes make a place overrated. And high taxes was 33% of people polled. Americans consider Seattle, Seattle the most desirable city in the U.S. And the, mo- and the most underrated, stealing the distinction from Virginia Beach. Americans say the most overrated city in the U.S. is New York. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why I moved down here, folks. Um, because, yeah, 30, 30 years, finally pulled a snake plissken and escaped from New York. <laughs> Much to my wife's chagrin. And Nance, if you're listening, there's no way in hell, no way on God's green earth that I am going to move back to New York City or anywhere in the, you know, anywhere near that. As long as Al, uh, as long as Eric Adams is mayor, Alvin Bragg is DA, and Kathy Hochul is governor. Well, anyway, the survey comes back. After a survey comes after a giant grocery store in southeast Washington, D.C. announced it will be removing name brands like Advil, Colgate, and Tide from its shelves to better prevent a spike in theft. Yep, they're coming after the name brands, folks. They're walking in, taking armloads of groceries and condiments and stuff off the shelves, walking out. And there's not a whole lot they can do to stop them, especially when they create flash mobs and loot an entire store in seconds. Ira Kress, the president of the chain, um, told Washington Post that the store can no longer serve the community by keeping its stores at high risk. A sign announcing the new receipt checking policy in the Anacasia store at the Giant Foods Grocery is making some change to their stores to address the organized retail crime in Washington, D.C. We want to continue to be able to serve the community, but we can't do so at at the level of significant loss or risk to our associates that we have today. So (laughs) for those people who say, Well, these stores have insurance. That's what it's there for, right? No, folks. Who pays for that insurance? I'll give you two guesses. We do. We pay for it when they jack prices up 20%. And then those sales that they have, where they take 5% off, what does that actually do? Nothing. Simple economics, folks. If you raise the prices 20% and then you take 5% off, what does that leave you? Still leaves you with a 15% net increase in prices. I'm not an economist. I I have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express once, but I mean, even some, even a fourth grader can do that math. You know, not to take 
anything from Jeff Foxworthy's show, Gotta Be Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. But <clears throat> come on, folks. <laughs> Doesn't take a genius to see that if you raise prices and you raise interest rates and you keep printing money like it's going out of style, we're going to end up in a situation where the national debt is going to be so huge and inflation is going to be so high that we're going to be left in a situation like post-war Germany in the, in the 1920s, where it took wheelbarrows full of cash, of Deutschmarks, to buy a loaf of bread. Do you really want to see that in this country? Because out of that nightmare arose the greatest evil this planet has ever seen. And I'm afraid that we are on the same path right now. We saw Hitler rise up through that morass, blaming one particular you know, group of people for all of Germany's problems. And so many people started believing that lie that they allowed Hitler and the Nazis to do the unthinkable and to commit genocide. Stalin, at the same time as he was ascending to power, wiped out millions upon millions of Russians in the name of securing power and solidifying his place as, you know, the Soviet president. I think the total of dead was 37 million people. Do we really want to enter into a situation where the socialists and the communists take over this country and start slaughtering and putting people into encampments like FDR did to the Japanese Americans during World War II. Innocent American citizens because I, I by benefit or by detriment of their lineage and their genealogy were interred. And let's not forget, folks, FDR was a Democrat. Let that sink in. FDR was a Democrat. And he unilaterally said, okay, we need to round up every Japanese person and put them in a camp. Kind of the way they did with, you know, the U.S. government did to the Native Americans, to the Indians. All the reservations around this country, they own, they own the country. And they rounded up all these people and put them in poverty in, you know, on these Indian reservations. Yeah, they're their own sovereign country, but at what price? At what cost? You know, leaving New York was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't have the stress. I don't have to look over my shoulder constantly to see if somebody's following me that's going to smack me in the back of the head with a hammer or shove me onto a shove me onto subway tracks as I'm waiting there you know to just go to work you know I don't have to fear for my wife being raped or god knows what just going to the grocery store I don't have to worry about a flash mob, you know, erupting and stripping an entire store to the bare shelves 
while I stand there helplessly and can't do anything about it. We're going to take a break because I need to reset because this is starting to get to me. When we get back, we're going to talk about something a little bit happier. folks so to lighten things up and i just matter i just grabbed an article um that i find <laughs> particularly funny um the photo of this article that's connected to this article is called master of puppies runaway dog attends Ma- metallica concert in inglewood california um apparently this a, a dog is getting tons of attention for, for sneaking away from home to enjoy a music concert in Inglewood, California on, Oct- on August 25th, uh, Metal Hammer reported Friday. The dog's name is Storm. She's a husky. Ran away from her home near the stadium and was later spotted in a seat enjoying some tunes as Metallica rocked out on the stage. In a social media post Thursday, the band shared a photo of the dog enjoying her solo evening out on the town. Storm was safely reunited with her actual family the next day. She had a great time listening to her favorite songs, including Bark Saturna, Master of Puppies, The Mailman That Never Comes, the group said. Okay, so give Metallica props for the dad puns. I love it. So social media users commented on the photo, one person writing, music truly is the universal language. Another person wrote, dog wanted to have a good time and knew exactly where to go. Metallica drew nearly 80,000 fans for the event and Storm was one of them. The Animal Hope and Wellness Foundation initially thought the dog had been abandoned at the concert and Pet Helpful reported she'd been taken to a local shelter. However, Storm who's a husky, and her owner, Arabeth Hurtado, were later reunited. Hurtado said she was unaware her puppet escaped and no idea how she got into the stadium. She's home and safe. We learned something new about her. She apparently is a huge Metallica fan who decided to sneak out for the concert, she told Pet Helpful, adding, We were laughing so hard when we saw that she was sitting in an actual seat at the concert. Hurtado later shared an image of herself with her beloved pet to reassure people that she was safe. According to the American Kennel Club, the Siberian Husky breed is loyal, outgoing, and mischievous. Siberian Husky, which is a thickly coated, compact sled dog of medium size and great endurance, was developed to work in packs, pulling light loads at moderate speeds over vast frozen expanses. Sibes, as they put it, are Friendly, fastidious, and dignified, the club's website said. People commenting on Hurtado's post had a lot to say about the pup's outing. Metallica, please send this puppy some swag, one person commented, while another said, this dog is a legend. Now, (laughs) oh God, that reminds me of the antics of my own three cats at the moment. Um, my, two of the kittens that my, my son Brett had, uh, rescued, um, earlier this year, they were, when he found them or when they found him rather, because the universal cat distribution system is real. You know, if they're, 
there are cats out there that are abandoned because they're, you know, unwanted or just, you know, you know, litters born to feral cats. Occasionally, and more often than not, the universe will work to put them in a home, often at, at the at the pet, um, the person's least, when they least expect it. My son was working um, one of his two jobs um, earlier this year, before he moved back to New York, at a Speedway gas station on Route 109 here in Lebanon. And he went to go take the trash out as part of his normal nightly routine. And these two kittens couldn't have been more than six weeks old at the time, assaulted him. <laughs> About the only thing I could say, because he sent me a video that these kittens climbing up, climbing up his body like he was a, like he was a uh, sequoia. And then nestling on his chest, like right underneath his chin. And of course, at that point, What's what are you gonna do? I mean, what's a, a normal, empathetic person gonna do other than take these two absolutely, you know, absolute miracles home with them? Now, of course, you know we already have a cat. Her name's Minerva. She's a um, black-colored American short hair. And she's the survivor of the pair of twins that we had. Um, you know, we lost her brother, Kronos, uh, to oral melanoma. Hey. I, my, son named, my son named the cats because he's big in Greek mythology. You know, Kronos, like the watch, Jeff. I got a time. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, so we had a Kronos. Uh, but anyway, I digress. You know, my producer making fun of my pet's names what's next you know they're gonna they're gonna all right but anyway so four o'clock four thirty in the morning my son calls me and tells me about these kittens and you know my wife answers the phone and i had just gotten i just gotten home from work and i just crawled into bed and i get the and i where they get the call and i'm immediately like no we can't introduce two new cats into the house. Minerva will flip her, you know, flip her stuff. You know, she'll be hostile and she'll keep swatting at him and you know, attacking him and stuff because, you know, that's her invading her territory. But he brings her, he brings them home anyway. And the moment I laid eyes on him, my heart melted. I mean, evaporated, just, you know, block of ice. You know, like 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 the Grinch, three times bigger. You know, it grew three sizes that day. For me, it was more like twelve, because now Bowie and Susie, the kittens uh, that my son named Bowie for David Bowie, who's the little boy among the two, and Susie for Susie and the Banshees, because he's a huge music nut, and. They have become my shadows, especially Bowie. He climbs up on my desk at, at night when I'm, you know, working on my computer. He'll park himself directly in between the keyboard and my chest and just flip over on his back and fall asleep, usually nest, with his head nestled in one of my hands so I can't type. You know, Susie, like, and when he's not doing that and I'm sitting on the couch, he will walk up on my chest, flip over on his back, and turn himself into a fuzzy beard for me. Nestle, literally stretch himself from ear to ear underneath my, underneath my chin and, you know, fall asleep on my chest, snoring away happily, or then he'll, what do you call it, he'll turn around and he'll start licking my face. I swear this cat is part dog because he does very dog-like behaviors. And 
Minerva, of course, is, you know, every time she sees the two of them, she'll hiss and she'll play swat at them, but nothing really serious. But the la- this last thing that I want to, you know, I'm going to get away from the pets we'll for right now. Yeah. We'll go back to yeah. pets, you know, later, but I got to talk about this. Says so, so a Delta flight from Bar- en route to Barcelona from Atlanta, Georgia, was forced to turn around due to a passenger having diarrhea all over the plane. The airplane pilot called the incident into air traffic control two hours into its eight-hour flight on Friday. Jeff, we got the clip? Yep, here it is. Negative. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, We've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. <laughs> I, I, I'm the only two words out of my mouth right now I, that I could use to describe this is holy shit. <laughs> oh, this is just too funny. It's just a, a biohazard issue. I, you know, we've had a passenger who had diarrhea all the way through the airplane, so they want us to come back to Atlanta. So... If better, you know, in Atlanta again, it's like all kinds of really bad stuff happens in Atlanta. See, this is why you don't eat airport food. And then on a flight that gets delayed for two hours on the tarmac prior to getting prior to taking off. So people be warned, stay away from the Taco Bell, stay away from the, you know, baked beans, um, chili probably wouldn't do it. Um, unless you stock up on the Imodium AD, you know, it's like, yeah, but so the FAA, um, flight strip for flight DL-194 was posted to Reddit, which indicated that the plane was turned around due to diarrhea all over the air cabin. Cleaning crews were able to scrub the plane of all fecal matter before boarding it again with passengers for it to head to Spain for a second time. The Airbus A350 landed in Barcelona the next day at 5 p.m., eight hours after it originally was scheduled to arrive, according to Flight Radar 24. It's unknown if the passenger with the loose stool was aboard the second flight. My guess, no. Delta Airlines addressed the incident in this statement. Our teams have worked our teams worked as quickly and safely as possible to thoroughly clean the airplane and get our customers to their final destination. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the delay and inconvenience in their travel plans. This incident comes 3 days after the extreme turbulence aboard a Delta flight from Milan, Italy to Atlanta send 11 passengers to the hospital. Moral of the story, don't fly Delta. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just I'm I donning my Nomex suit now, waiting for the um, stack of lawsuits that Delta's going to send at me for defamation of character and all kinds of crap like that. Anyway, bring it on. You said defamation. <laughs> Defecation of character. <coughs> oh, oh god it only hurts when i laugh <laughs> i'm sore right now all right so here we i mean we'll, when we get back folks we'll talk about something else you're listening to paul rotundi the new voice of nashville on wrrn The Paul Rotundi Show, The Week in Review. And we're back. All right, folks, I, I got to talk about this. Um, it's all over the news. You can't help but see it. Um, special counsel, David Weiss, that was assigned to investigate the whole Hunter Biden thing. And he's the one that actually came up with the sweetheart deal that the judge threw out um, last month in August. He intends to indict Hunter Biden by the end of this month. So this article saying that special counsel David 
Weiss plans to indict Hunter Biden before the end of the month, according to a new court filing. The quote-unquote Speedy Trial Act requires that the government obtain the return of an indictment by a grand jury by Friday, September 29th, 2023, at the earliest. Weiss wrote your uh, Weiss wrote yes uh, Wednesday. That was yesterday. Uh, days go by so fast. I don't know what uh, day it is anymore. The government intends to seek the return of an indictment in this case before that date, he said. The filing was made upon a court order to provide a status update on a case on or before September 6, 2023. It's not known what the charges are going to be. My deal, I, I, my take on this is that they're going to try to indict him on the softest of all of the things that they have on him just to say, yeah, we charged him with a felony. He's going, he's going to jail. Not the entirety of the case, not that there's still, you know, there's still investigation ongoing to the actual depth and breadth of the construct of the corruption and the conspiracy that is the Biden crime family. They're not going to, they're not going to, what do you, um, they're not going to investigate any further into the links between Hunter, Daddy, the big guy, Creepy Joe, Pedo Pete, as one of his aliases was in his burner email accounts. You know, J.R. Beware at gmail.com. That's <laughs> it's like people, if you can't see if you can't see the forest for the trees, I'm sorry. You deserve what you get. I, but, you know, in addition, you know, Weiss, I, the agreement afforded, uh, the one that broke down last month, afforded Hunter the ability to plead guilty for not paying taxes on a million and a half dollars in income in 2017 and 2018 uh, and receive probation and basically a get-out-of-jail-free card for... Everything for the bribery, for the corruption, for the influence peddling that he and his father were engaged in during the period when he was vice president under Obama. Now, is this in response to the fact that maybe Obama's involved? I'd like to know that. I'd like to know if... Good old Barry, Mr. Hope and Change, knew exactly what his right-hand guy, his best friend, Joe Biden, was doing on Air Force Two when he went to Ukraine, when he went to China, when he went to all of these places where Hunter tagged along on Air Force Two and then suddenly and miraculously made millions of dollars for no explained reason other than the fact that his last name is Biden. I'd like to know that. I'm sure a lot of you would like to know that. Some of you may just say, it, it is the way it is, Paul. You can't beat the system. Screw the system. That's what we're here for. We're here to break the system apart. You know, and before I get hauled off for inflammatory and insightful language. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Freedom of speech is dead, folks. Or it's if it's not dead, it's on life support. Because it seems to be that the only people have the right for free speech are the people on the left. The people who want to indoctrinate your kids to the idea that people could be anything they want as opposed to a man or a woman. You know, that if a kid wakes up one day and says, I feel like I'm a unicorn today. I'm going to identify as a unicorn. Instead of, you know, the parent taking them aside and saying, but you're not a unicorn. You're a boy 
or you're a girl. And, you know, you were born a boy, you were born a girl. Biologically, there's only two sexes, man or woman. The rest of the planet, the rest of the species on this planet are governed by those immutable laws. Why are human beings the only ones who seem to think that they can play God and invent other other sexes, other identities? I mean, we call that acting, folks. Actors do that. People whose entire job is creating fantasy. And now we're teaching that we're trying to indoctrinate our kids that fantasy is reality and reality is fantasy? <clears throat> do, do you not see the ridiculousness of this? Because I do. Just like the ridiculousness of, you know, David Weiss intending to only indict Hunter on maybe one of the charges. We don't know yet. I'm guaranteeing you, though, it's going to be this, the softest blow to Hunter Biden that is legally, that they're going to say is legally allowed. Why? Once again, daddy is president. And I guarantee you, if he's indicted, if he's convicted, who do you think is going to get pardoned? Hunter Biden. Because daddy says so. When your dad is the president, when your dad is a 50-year career politician, this is what happens. You take advantage of the system and you think that you're above the law. Your whole family thinks that you're above the law. Joe Biden's grandkids are getting millions put into their bank accounts by the big guy. The paper trail is there. They got the receipts. Why isn't he convicted? Oh, because he's a Democrat. Two-tiered system of justice, folks. You hear about it every day. I didn't believe that there was a two-tiered system of justice until I started seeing it before my eyes. So now we need to stop that. We need to stop it in its tracks before it gets to the point of no return. And people start getting arrested and convicted for by the thought police and for utilizing their First Amendment rights to free speech, utilize their First Amendment rights to um, bring grievances against the government for, you know, redress. It's in, the, it's in the Bill of Rights, folks. Oh, wait. They're doing that to the people who were arrested for January 6th. Utilizing their right to peaceable protest. They're getting arrested. They're getting indicted, convicted of ridiculous sentences you know and and you know can can you know sentenced to ridiculous terms like uh Enrique Terrio from the Proud Boys wasn't even in the capital but he was elect uh, he was given 22 years but touching on um I want to go back to the whole cognitive difference thing between um people We'll get it one, um, we'll, what do you call it? We'll come, we'll pick it up when we come back. Uh, yes, this is Gern Blanston from WRRN. Uh, Senator McConnell, do you ever listen to the Paul Rotundi show? Blink twice if that's a yes. 
The Paul Rotundi Show is on every weekday on WRRN. Anything else you want to say? Or should I just go back to folks we're back so i want to just you know go back to the whole term limits thing um we need you know not every septuagenarian is you know in cognitive uh decline and i'll illustrate that with um something that uh was presented to me a little bit, a little while ago that I think is hilarious and clearly illustrates the difference between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. You got that clip, Jeff? It's your boy Barry, AKA Big O. And I'm the host and the judge of today's rap battle between Trump the Don and my good friend Biden. Hey Biden, I know it's on that laptop hiding You can fool your voters, but half the country, they know you're lying I'll never go to jail, the DA keep on trying All the billions you supply into Ukraine, people dying You got blood on your hands, what your puppet masters do They're coming after me, they should be coming after you But we know the whole swamp is evil and that's the truth You can go and ask Julian Assange for the proof You said black people who don't vote for you are not black You locked up tons in the 80s for some crack A crisis at your border in the of course you turned your back what happened to forgiven college loans come on jack you said you don't support gays a decade ago career politicians will say anything for your vote at press conferences you're reading what somebody else wrote you're controlled by blackrock and vanguard like trudeau your wife is not a doctor but she says she is why joe hey joe who wrote the 94 crime bill here's to the most famous president three cheers your daughter said you showered with her well into her teen years you said obama was the first well-groomed black man you Eulogize Robert Byrd, please give up the act, man. Messing with me, you messed up big time. Oh, I can't forget 10% to the big guy. Good luck, Joe. Good luck beating that creepy Joe, sleepy Joe. Can't wait to see what you got. Hey, Trump, my, my, my legs and the kids, they would, they would rub the hair. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. This is my wife, and this is this is my sister. Hey, how, how did I get here? What what's going on? Ronald Ronald Crump, who am I battling? If you're not if you don't if you're not black, then you don't vote for me. If you don't if you don't, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Hey, was a bad dude. Why you sit fight? Come on, this man. Is this, is, this is my sister. Told hey. How, how did I get here? Well, uh, Joe, that was... back folks all right so to close out the show today we're going to talk about um thing we just uh, alluded to um at the close of the last segment creeps love bud light bill gates buys 1.7 million shares of anheuser-busch valued at 95 million bucks so bill gates has acquired 1.7 million shares of Anheuser-Busch InBev through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Trust through the second quarter of this year. The billionaire may have made the investment on the hopes that the company can get past the Bud Light fiasco, or he may think that its new brand image fits with his infamous reputation as an office bully and best buddy of Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. 
So the market value, the current market value of Gates's investment in Anheuser-Busch is valued at 95 million bucks, according to Tip Ranks. And over the last six months, the company's share price has fallen nearly 9%, according to the New York Post. In the past five days, the stock has been down over 3%. So it continues to suffer under the get woke, go broke um, movement, as, you know, I guess is the best way I can put it. Um, More power to the people. Sales have been on a steady decline since Dylan Mulvaney flaunted a customized Bud Light can with his face on it on April 1st. As Breitbart News reported at the time, the nationwide backlash against this marketing disaster vaporized $6 billion in market cap. (laughs) Yeah, get woke, go broke, folks. Can't say it more than that. I mean, we're seeing it here in Nashville with you know, the whole Jason Aldean, not in my small town fiasco, you know, where CMT pulled his video and CMT is now suffering as a result of the whole get woke, go broke philosophy and movement. You know, where's it going to stop folks? Why are these companies going to learn that, they're trying to cater to one half of one percent of the population of this country, and the other 95 to ninety nine percent of the people that actually use their products are going to seek other products to buy. It's just simple economics, folks. You make a good product, but you do stupid stuff. Expect to earn stupid prizes. You know, I tell that to people I work with all the time, people that, you know, you know, when I see people do stupid stuff, like, you know, bring me a laptop with that's virus laden because they were surfing Pornhub or going someplace that they shouldn't have or clicked on a link that was obviously a phishing attempt. And all of a sudden they're getting pop-ups left, right, and center on their on their computer and they can't use it anymore and it has to be rebuilt tell them all the time play stupid games win stupid prizes corporate america and specifically the corporate media need to wake up to this too they keep pushing all this bs that is obvious bs and then they expect the entire country to just shrug their shoulders and say, oh, I guess there's nothing we can do about it. Of course there's something we could do about it. We could change the freaking channel. We'd change the channel, folks. You know, but let me go a little further in on this article here. I Bill Gates was infamously, you know, infamously palled around with Jeffrey Epstein in New York and Washington, and he was on the Epstein Island, and on the Epstein jet, and, you know, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, says quack, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, you know, looks like a duck, it's probably a duck, it's not a platypus. You know, it's like Gates' acquisition of 1.7 million shares reveals he sees the beer company giant making a comeback with consumers following its ill-fated advertisement campaign with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney. You know, that's according to Morgan Stanley. But, you know, they say that, um, according to Morgan Stanley's analyst Sarah Simon, the beer giant's growth overseas is mitigating the U.S. share loss. Fantastic. So, I mean, they're looking to replace us as a, you know, as a consumer base anyway, because there's a billion people in China. There's a billion people in India. Um, you know, ironically, most of the people in India can't drink because, you know, Hindi, Hindu, Hindu, you know, prohibits it, you know, prohibits the consumption of alcohol, if I'm not mistaken. 
correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, send me an email uh, if I'm if I'm wrong. Let me just repeat that. That's Paul Show, W R R N at gmail.com. Um, you know, if you think I'm completely off base or I'm nuts or I've got my facts wrong, send me an email. Correct me. I invite it. But despite this rosy view of the future, Bud Light continues to suffer in America. Of course it's going to suffer here in America. Because, as I've been saying all along, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So, we're going to bring this show to a close, folks. Fridays are going to be our week in review show, where we're basically just going to bring you highlights of the insanity that's gone on in the previous week have a great weekend folks and i'll see you monday good night